Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watch a... Professionally What's... starting a timer. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't call it out, it's fine. No, no, no it's just... right. okay, we'll fix that in the edit. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hello. How have you been this week? I've been, I've been, I'm a bit sunburnt and quite tired on my feet. I've got blisters and my legs barely work, so it's good that we're sitting down for this. Yeah. I did some more hiking again. You did. And it turned out to be like an April day that was like midsummer in, in the middle of I'm spring really hot or moment. something. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's continuing today uh, and quite, quite warm in this uh, purpose built recording facility. Yeah. Um, hostage shed. <laughs> the hostage shed is, is quite warm at the moment, but we're going to soldier on. Yeah. Um, Did you like appreciate the fact that I drove you home and it only took, half, only took half an hour to get home? Yeah, yeah, because you decided to drive slowly back along the route I'd walked throughout the whole day just to. Because I'm that kind of friend. <laughs> <laughs> the supreme act of trolling. I was just sitting there watching. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, thanks for that. That, yeah. was, that was, that was much appreciated. What have you, have you learned that driving is faster? Uh, I've learned that driving is faster than walking when getting to places. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. No, it's glorious. It's about 15 miles. Yeah, a little bit of blistering, but, uh, you yeah, know, nothing I wasn't expecting. I think changes of socks I was, I was chatting to the, the chaps about it afterwards and apparently multiple pairs of socks and changed them throughout the day because the blisters are caused by the socks rubbing against the feet ablative socks well they, it's when they get sweaty and they get damp that's when they start to chafe and ah. rub and that's when you get your blisters okay. so multiple socks change various pairs throughout the day I think that's okay. for the next one so good stuff. I'm enjoying the hiking, yeah. though. It's in, and it's coming up for summer, so more of that. And I have my hat as well, very important. I'm, I'm still going to start. I don't think you can see that. Oh, you're yes. showing off neck on. I'd have to apply for a different rating on YouTube. <laughs> I've instantly gone to a 15 rating. Well, no, it's because uh, I, I didn't have an... Uh, I, yeah, I got, I got sunburnt, so yes, things to watch out for. Mm. In April. I know. What's going on? Same thing that happens every year. Because mm. we never remember. I know, I know. Anyway. Nice April, then it gets a bit wet, and then it gets <laughs> nice again in the autumn. Let's talk about games for a bit. Uh, if we uh, must. Yeah, I think so. Uh, let's do the static group roundup. Okay. I haven't uh, talked about the various static group things for, for a couple of weeks, so um, let's go around the week. So Monday is Guild Wars 1. Bizarre. Uh, still playing Guild Wars 1? Yes, it's still going. Yeah. Yes. Um, see, it's, this is me and Multi. We've got this sort of uh, massive completionism thing going on where we're going to try and vanquish uh, and hard mode and cartographize and capture all the skills and basically complete all of the things that give you special bonus cosmetic points in Guild Wars 2, a game which neither of us really cares about particularly at the moment. I'll come to Guild Wars 2 later, yeah. later in the week. But, but in, it's a game I spent a vast amount of my life playing and I like to think that slowly but surely I'm going to complete it. You know? Yes. It's an actual MMO completion. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that impossible thing uh, we're getting quite close to what we've defined as completion we're not really we don't really care about the PvP no. title track no stuff no that's always well, partly because we're bad at PvP and now's not a great time to start uh, and partly because I don't think anyone else is doing PvP anymore in that game so <laughs> they've all won it's yeah it's a game that defies the usual kill switch but mostly because it feeds some trophies into Guild Wars 2 and Guild Wars 2 is a big thing for arena net so it costs them almost nothing to continue to run Guild Wars 1 but it is at literally you know technically on maintenance yeah. mode they don't make new stuff for it they don't do any more balance or changes but we're still sifting through the embers of what's left and, and hopefully we'll get that all ticked off at some point I've defined completion as the vanquishing and the guardians so that means killing every monster in the game and doing every mission completion in hard mode with bonus objectives uh, probably the Eye of the North Mastery track as well which is a separate thing the, all the expansion stuff all sort of worked on to 
Um, that one requires doing the cartography and all the dungeons in hard mode and all the missions in hard mode. And once that's done, there's some faction bars to finish, a little bit grindy, but beyond there, I don't really see any need to continue. There's they got like your drunkard title or yeah. your sweet tooth title. Uh, the, that's just doing rubbish, isn't it's, it? Yeah, festival festival confectionery and you know just chomping away on eggnog whenever it shows up and you know if you get like 100,000 of those you get a title for that and it's just not it's not core cool gameplay we're doing the titles which are already for doing the gameplay well and often and and we're going to finish those off mm. so still going on the Monday there I think Terag was sort of on and off joining us there but uh, not a huge amount of other support to be honest no. <laughs> it's a hard sell which I've just not tried to, to sell to anyone else uh, to be honest and to be honest I'm not sure I'd really would welcome brand new players turning up at this point and wanting us to, to go and do all the new stuff again from, take it for the, the yeah, six thousandth time it's it's terribly arrogant to say so but this is a bit of a veterans playthrough going on at the moment we, we, we've done a lot of stuff in there and we're sort of trying to get the top end completionism finished really so it's not great for joining in and who wants to you know play guild wars one nowadays no one who's new exactly i imagine it, you know, we'll probably have to turn the lights off when we're finished yeah. It's even worse. Who would want to listen to our <laughs> podcast? Yes, let's move str- swiftly on then, shall we? Uh, that's my own personal indulgence. So Tuesdays is Elite Dangerous. Yep. That's going really well. I'm enjoying that. We've got, we got about ooh, two wings worth usually. That's about up to, yeah, seven or eight people playing. Uh, we're doing a variety of things. We're sort of poking around at the various sorts of gameplay available in there and seeing what of it is workable for larger groups, which is a bit of a challenge. I'm it's not saying. most of it. It's not, no. I, I, with the... We, yeah, we, we, we're playing through a lot of different stuff in there, and it's increasingly looking like Elite Dangerous is primarily a solo game. Yeah. Which is... Well, smo- solo or small f- uh, group combat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the wing size is four, um, so, you know, we, we usually have to have two wings working the same sorts of targets, and we have a bit of friendly rivalry on uh, conflict zones as to who gets the bounty, who gets the kills and does the damage and stuff. But it, some of the tasks in there, some of the things like conflict zone, yeah, bounty claim ticket stuff, combat bond work, um, works well if you've got a lot of people covering your back. Those combat zones, the conflict zones will turn on you like yeah. like, like that, yeah. and if, you, if you're not paying attention, you just get absolutely hammered. It, depend, it doesn't matter what ship you're in either some of these some of these conflict zones you'll be facing sort of medium to large ships in groups of seven or eight all sort of firing away at each other and then suddenly you'll be the nearest enemy and whoosh everything lights up red and boom you're gone especially one of the ones with a capital ship yes yeah some of them have large sort of just dreadnoughts and things firing away at each other which is quite quite spectacular um yeah um we try we've been doing various different bits and pieces in there we we tried a rares trading run one week that was good um basically there are certain commodities that are, are available in very small quantities at very specific places in that st- in in the game and they they are worth vast amounts of money if you take them over 100 light years away from where you bought them you can google online to find charts I saw we were linked to this fantastic sort of london underground yeah. style <laughs> tube map i may have used that. that that was brilliant yeah it's um, great you, you go 100 light years away you pick mm. up stuff go 100 light years away from that sell it pick up more stuff and yeah, the next yeah, one. yeah I you, just go around on a massive loop if and, you plot uh, it right you can do this big old loop and and i think we get we got but we did one trip it took about about two hours by the time you know because we try and travel in convoy and that takes a lot of faffing about but we got to you know i think we got about a million i got about a million and a half i had yeah. a type six which i just about managed to fill on one one trip this is just one loop so if you keep going round and round that's essentially a million yeah. credits every, and, um, every hour or so I, I was i did my entire loop i think in an hour going to somewhere then somewhere else and coming back again it, and it, it's a lovely way of just when you've got an hour to play of an evening yes. making a half decent amount of it's cash. a decent consistent consistent 
dependable amount of money. Um, the various commodities are sort of quantity limited, so there'll be 10 units of whatever in a station, and that's it for you. Everyone gets 10 units. I think it refreshes every 24 hours, yes, or perhaps a couple of hours. I don't know. So you, 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 even within that, though, you can still turn that into yeah. quite a consistent... Yeah, it's not a you're going to be constantly playing this mechanic it's a you're going to be doing this and then something else mechanic yeah yeah it's good to sort of bump up the funds a bit mind you as you start getting higher with the local local faction reputation and stuff you start to see half a million and, yeah. and more missions turning up for simple yeah, deliveries yeah it well. will actually stop making any points soon because i'm working at my faction. i'm starting to think that, that it's really not actually that difficult to make money in that game the pro the the tricky bit is scaling the making the money yeah I, you can make up you can get in a cobra in no time at all. That sort of mid-band, mid-range ship, yeah. Cobras, Diamondbacks, that sort of thing. Yeah, then you can get into the transporter if you want to be do, moving a load of stuff a lot mm. easier, and then you move up. But when you go up to something like the Anaconda... Anaconda costs about £150 million, I think. And uh, yeah, and, and you're... some faction-specific ones that are more expensive than And you're that. forking out a small fortune on your... Um, Just on the rebuys. On the rebuy. And the repairs, if you scrape it, coming yeah. into, the, <laughs> into the dock and so on. But at that point, you... It's something like that you expect it to be maximising its earning potential. So there seems to be a kind of diminishing returns curve to Elite Dangerous. You, you, it's very easy to begin with, and then it gets it gets more repetitive, and then harder and harder grinding. I don't know. Perhaps yeah. And I suppose once you're up in that top end, you know, multi-million credit ships, you really do need to be playing quite optimally. I suppose. Well, you, you know, you don't take your massive transport ship into combat. Mm. You don't. Um, lose ships as often as you used to. You can have as many ships. You as try you like. not to scrape yeah. anything. You can get them delivered to wherever you are. So you yeah. can always swap down to an eagle for a bit of fun or whatever. But yeah, so it, it's a game that's you, you can you get as far as you decide you want to go. I mean, I, I'm in the Diamond Black Explorer now, uh, and that's a fantastic ship. Enjoying that. It's it's like the Diamond Black Scout, quite nippy, agile kind of dropshipy fightery type of thing, um, but bigger with more options for the internal base. I'm liking it a lot. It's got a large gun slot on the front. Yeah, the class three. Yeah. We've got a beam laser in there. It's just fantastic. Uh, I go with fixed because you know I really ought to learn not to rely on the gimbals. Gimbals are a bit of a helper, to be honest. But also, they're a bit of a liability. Well, when the enemy chaffs, the gimbals go all over the place yeah. and start spiralling and stuff. Whereas if you've got fixed guns, they can't be chaffed because you're just pointing the ship at them. <laughs> so that's all good. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, yeah, I think asps are probably the next bracket for for ships, but I'm not sure I really need a bigger ship. Uh, the, the way the I play, thing for an asp is um, jump range. Well, yeah, I mean, we did we did a trip to the Pleiades. We did. did. We managed to get the convoy all the way out there. We picked up our unit of Metro alloys and took that all the way across to Felicity Farseer, engineer. There and now to, grinding her rep. Yeah, work work on the rep there. So we've got access to getting the jump range tweaked. Uh, I think I've got to about thirty light years now, and I think I, I picked. I didn't have the right material, so I picked the wrong upgrade. Um, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're going to be. Um, oh, my reps, my rep weather's yeah. quite high, but I just need to get the right kind of drive signature. Yeah. You, you don't done. care about. Any, you only care about two levels of rep: mm. level one and level five. Yeah, yeah. None of the others matter. You just mm. need to get your way up to the top, and then it matters. I ended up putting, I think, a, a dirty drive modification on there. Basically, it has a much quicker boot time, which I don't even think is that useful a thing. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I thought I might as well put something on it. Um, so it runs a bit hotter, but it spills up quicker, yeah. um, which is, yeah, not bad. But really, the, the mod I wanted was the massively increased jump range there. I, I reckon I could probably get 40 light years out of that Diamondback yeah. Yeah, Diamond yeah. Explorer. And, and some of the bigger ships go even further. And that's, that's the sort of ranges you need if you're going to do some serious, you know, trips to Sagittarius A at the centre of the galaxy. Or, or even trading uh, just being able to do one jump instead of two yeah if you can do 100 light years and two jumps that, yeah. that's that's 
reduces your turnaround time, increases your profit, and so on. Um, I think, yeah, but this last week we sort of, I mean, I, I was sort of umming and ahhing about the idea of trying to put together some sort of mining op, seeing if that would even work, but it seemed like a lot of hassle. It's a lot of hassle and very, waiting around for a very solo y. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's probably not really something that will work that well with a group. I mean, you could theoretically have a lot of people, you know, some people firing away with mining lasers and breaking chunks off, some people refining, some people jettisoning the cargo and picking it up and taking it back and trading and so on. You could probably make it quite efficient, but it's not terribly engaging gameplay. And I think yeah. I think the sort of thing we ended up doing last week was to, we spent about an hour or two doing federal rank missions, because we are all still trying to get to Earth at some point. Um, and then after that, we went off to the nearest conflict zone and just sort of dived in there and yeah. spent, spent about an hour or two dogfighting and just picking up combat bonds and stuff. And that seems like a good way to do it. You know, we can tweak and experiment with loads of Also, it helps stuff. with your um, uh, combat rating. Yes, yes, the combat ranking, the elite. I don't see I'm ever going to get to elite in any of the categories, Defeatist. to be honest. I know. I'm too casual, but um, getting to be able to see Earth, that would be, that'd be something. That would be doable, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So keep chipping away at the Federation rank. I'm a cadet now, I think. So I've gone nothing, then recruit, then cadet, and I'm nearly on number three. Yeah. And then number four is the one that lets us go to Earth. Cool. So that's, that's, that's doable, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll get there. So yeah, but it just seems to be it seems to be settling into a, a good old rhythm there, and people are getting the hang of their ships and, and yeah. getting they're getting noticeably better at the dogfighting combat stuff. We were lost so many ships on on some of the early conflict zone stuff, but then I suppose we were in eagles. So I think well, I think bigger does mean better. In that game also, generally. the moment you learn to yes, wait for it to scan, wait for it to scan. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> we yeah. had a lot less friendly fire and, and accidental piracy going on there. That's accidental yeah. piracy is the best piracy. You've got to let the hub tell you you're allowed to shoot them before you shoot them that's that's uh, very important otherwise you have to keep running away and uh, paying fines and things and tactical retreats yeah yeah nasty but um, yeah so I think we'll keep going with that for, for a fair old time to come certainly we're going to get to earth and, and beyond who knows yeah yeah should be good so let's see Wednesdays I don't do Wednesdays Thursdays no. is the Minecraft thing tis yeah that thing. That thing. Um, yeah. You can obviously find that elsewhere on the YouTube channel. There's, there's reams and reams Do you want to say what we did last week? Um, well, we, we got the... Um, I got flight. I can't remember what... Yeah. Well, I made it so we could fly. Well, it's all very complicated. They got asked with you because you decided you weren't going to fly because it was too difficult. <laughs> Flying is, is, is against nature and God. I think we'd have had wings if Notch intended us to fly. Yeah. But um, no, you've, it turned out to be really easy flying as well. Not like yeah. the Tiara thing from Botania, which was what we were using mostly in the regrowth series. That was all right. That lets you fly as long as you've got mana. But it also has its own little bar, which works its way down. So you can only fly in relatively yeah, limited... Yeah, th th this is really stuff. much like creative flight. And I think it may be too overpowered. Yeah, as long as your, your particular energy... Energy generators are sat there doing whatever they do. You can fly indefinitely, which is a bit terrifying to begin with. But I'm starting to gain confidence. Well, in you it. have to go to the Nether now. I, I may have started a bit of off-camera mega construction. So I saw which, a bit of it, <laughs> which um, which did involve flight. Now I can fly. I can do some really insane stuff in yeah. there, which is going to be great. <laughs> I mainly got it for running cables. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Is, it helps working on the exterior of a floating fortress if you can actually fly. Otherwise, we had we spent a lot of time mucking about with surfing down waterfalls and falling out the side and then even trying to build spiral staircases and all sorts i think that video is going to be out in may actually <laughs> <laughs> well yeah yeah it's, it's a bit confusing because we're recording quite a few each week and, and i think the release schedule isn't keeping up so. we're still in that uh, part that nice part i have to say mm. when we can afford to take weeks off 
for stuff like <laughs> We've Easter. We've got a few in the bank. And, uh, yeah, we don't have to panic mm. about stuff. And if something takes more than, say, a week to build, we don't have to worry. So, regular viewers, flight is coming soon uh, at some yeah. point. But, yes, um, see, I'm still not quite sure what I'm doing. I'm making it up as I go along a bit with the overall architectural structure of it all. I mean, originally I was going to be building Bespin, but yeah. then I was going for Citadel Station from System Shock, and now I'm not sure where it's going Circular. Now. It's it, Well, circles are a big thing, yeah. mostly because I can. It's the Britannia World Shapers Sextant. It's a very simple thing to build, living wood twigs and mana steel, and it basically it's a bit like a bow, but when you draw back, it puts a marker on, and, draw, and then just basically as you move it away, it counts out the number of blocks, and then when you let go, it puts a holographic circle of cobblestone down, and then you just fill it in with blocks as you go around. Once it's complete, the, the thing vanishes. And that lets you build arbitrary circles of any size, and, and based on any centre point. And that's actually a lot more difficult than you'd imagine in, a, in what is essentially a square world. Yeah, Minecraft is 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 is, is blocks. It's it's all right angles. So and it makes every single square build we do quite tricky. Yeah, well, well, squares. Everyone builds squares, platforms, and square houses and square things like that. And no, I've decided to turn it, <laughs> do it all in circles because I'm awkward. But it's starting to look quite cool, especially now we can fly and actually get right up and yeah. out and have a look from a distance. It starts to look really quite impressive, actually. So yeah, I'm just going to keep adding circles and rings That's and good. things, um, and who knows where it'll end up. I'm working I, on automating stuff. I have literally no no overall plan. So we have a book that tells you exactly. Oh, the book. Yeah, the book's good. The book sort of tell, just asks you to do stuff. It's not like the quest hard mode quest book, which is very structured and strict and does actually do the the, t the checking for you. This book is just a list of things you can tick off yourself yeah. when you think. And, and we are doing it differently. We're not just ticking off the minimum amount. We're doing the mods properly. I like to think we keep moving along with that, though. I mean, yeah, we get distracted with like, yeah. like massive farms. The amount we... of Britannia we actually have to do. It's quite minimal. It's yeah. minimal because it basically just says get into a Gaia Guarding and fight at the end. Yeah, but we did a lot of Britannia on the last thing, so this time we're going to try and automate a lot of it. This yeah, time. I'm it automating a bit. I did some automation. I got yeah. some more to come. I've been working out how to do it. There's lots, lots going on there, and I, I still find myself just. I, I know I probably should, you know, save all the big builds and stuff until we're recording, but I just find myself wanting to do a bit of Minecraft, and I just don't have the energy to have a separate world on, my own <laughs> on, the separate, on the side. So I think as long as you start and finish the builds on camera. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'll keep people up to date with what I'm doing, certainly, but I'm just yeah. not sure we're going to get all, you know, only ever. Because you putting all those blocks around the edges was really boring. Yes, yes, it was quite time consuming and not very interesting while it was happening, but being able to go, ta da, look at this, that's quite, that's oh, quite fun. When I logged on the other day and you were on, mm. or you logged on when I was on, I was yeah. tempted to push you off and see if you could learn how to fly in time. <laughs> That's definitely one way to uh, to encourage the ability. Yeah, yeah. So so that's that's the Thursdays. That's pretty much what I yeah. do Thursdays. Fridays. So Fridays has been Guild Wars two, but I think we may be on the turn now. Yeah. So Guild Wars two, we were still uh, basically picking away at fractals and and story mode dungeons, uh, which is largely largely a repetitive exercise based on the original launch content. Um, which we found has been tuned right. They've got this real design philosophy in recent years, I think probably since Heart of Thorns and onwards, where they just decided to go kill crazy raid, super difficult hard mode. And I, it's always the thing, isn't it? Am I whinging about things I can't do? Do I need to learn yes. to get good? Yes. Or do they need to tone the hell down their, yes. their design aspirations? It is yes to all of those things. Because <laughs> they're driving people away. I see a lot of forum... I mean, it's not just me. I do try and you know, gauge some sort of general opinion from the internet. And a lot 
lot of people marked the difference of Heart of Thorns and onwards as it becoming much more, much more super action, jump, 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 time perfectly. You know, the sorts of things we'd normally expect as raid content turning up as yeah, standard yeah. solo story mode kinds of things. I've ranted about this a lot before. It's just driven you to, <laughs> to boredom, clearly. Um, but I think we, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of lack of goals. The... Getting through Heart of Thorns was a goal for me, and I managed to do it, but that was largely a solo experience. We could sort of go through and do that in, as a group, but it's, it's, a lot of people are just not really that into the the advanced difficulty of, of Heart of Thorns. You know, there's always a groan. There's always a, oh, God, you know, we're always, always using the word bullshit quite a lot on a Friday night to describe what goes on in there. And then there's the Living Story 3 stuff going on at the moment, which is, you know, incremental chapters of ongoing world story, each usually accompanied with a new zone and some insanely difficult, similarly overtuned um, solo story stuff as well. So, uh, whatever. I find myself getting, you know, detached from caring about that world and yeah. its inhabitants <laughs> yeah. again. And this is what happened during Living Story 1. I think I was there for some of it, but I just thought, oh, whatever, yeah. Scarlet you don't Riot. get the feeling there's going to be a third, do you? Um, what third expansion? What no, no a third game? Oh, Guild Wars Three. Well, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know because they seem to actually Guild Wars Two. I think generally has been a success for them compared or contrasted with the first game, as opposed to the you know the typical the, the textbook example of how not to do that kind of thing, which is EverQuest Two and EverQuest. Which EverQuest Two, uh, from the vague made up numbers I've seen on various spreadsheets, suggests suggests that EverQuest Two never beat the peak concurrency no. of the first game. So basically what they ended up doing is creating a sequel which split their player base in half. Yeah. And then neither yeah. get, both games suffered. So, But that doesn't seem to happen Are you paying Guild attention, Wars. Bungie? Are you? <laughs> that doesn't seem to happen with Guild Wars 2. I think the transition across to 2 has been large, well, very, very well adopted because I just don't see anyone in Guild Wars 1 much these Well, days. Guild Wars 1 looked quite bad in comparison. It was very And odd. also jumping. It looked good for its time, but yes, no Z-axis and then, yeah. So anyway, we... I don't know, I just... I, I, well, we were playing. We were sort of. I've been got. I've been ranting on previous shows, uh, gushing, I suppose, about Guns of Icarus Alliance. I talked about that last yeah. week, and, and I thought that might be a fantastic thing for a group night. And you know, we, we, there was a bit of interest, uh, but we couldn't work out when. It's the scheduling. Isn't yeah. it? There are only so many nights in the week. I've got some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get rid of Guild Wars. Guild Wars. <laughs> well, I'm sort of working towards that, but I need to finish it first. Okay. Yeah. But um, certainly, the Friday seemed to be, you know, a bit of an impromptu. This last Friday wasn't a bit of an impromptu. Or Right, well, you know, I was asking around in, in Slack when when should we have a go? Who wants to have a go? And and it, you know, one thing led to another, and suddenly we were doing Guns of Icarus Alliance on the Friday evening. That went really well. Um, you, it's 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 a difficult game. It's it's hard work, mostly because it's more almost more than any other game uh, online game I've ever played. It does need team based coordination to a really high degree. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's all right for us because we got the voice chat. We all know each other. We all get on, and you know. But it sucks for anyone whose groups you join. Well, no, because we can set up custom matches. So we had we had four of us in one, four of us on one ship, and a fifth spectator. You can each game will take up to five spectators, and unlike most games where a spectator just gets to watch a load of stuff happen and not really care, spectator was actually really useful because whoever was in the, who was doing the spectating was able to sort of use the camera controls to look around and find out where the enemies were, and where, oh, okay. you know, act as a kind of. Uh, we sort of envisaged the spectators all sat in the crow's nest of the ship, you know, on top of the balloon or whatever, but they were actively helping us to <laughs> in the game. Uh, yes, cheating, but why not? It's because 
it's it's not PvP, so you're not really you know disadvantaging anyone except poor yeah. NPCs. Yeah. So we tried. I think we played about three matches in the end. We had a big old chat to see which side we were going to join, and uh, you know there was a lot. I I, I tried to be un- impartial. I tried uh-huh. to not not guide the dis- discussion at all. Uh, you know, I I basically reiterated the blurb that went with each faction. You know, and and the color schemes. And when you when that's you, making it one person in that game. Who cares? When you look at the um, when you look at the faction selection screen, you can see them all in their outfits, and everyone going, "Wow, look at those outfits! There, those are brilliant!" So we ended up in the Fjord Baronies. So we've joined those instead. Most popular? No, it turns out to be one of the most popular. I okay. think it's either the first or the second most popular. Um, so you know, thus breaking my own tradition with these yeah. <laughs> these matters. But I don't care, whatever. But they do have some very fine Victorian-looking purple regalia, <laughs> and an enormous like policeman's hats type thing. It's it's, it's a bit like um, was it the Order? That thing, that that game you didn't like, that was yeah, really short. Yeah, eighteen eighty six. Seems similar kind of aesthetic to that. So, so we, we it was hardly the first. We signed on with them and uh, deployed to this world map, and that that de- that deployment determines where the effort you generate during your little matches gets spent. And you know, there's an overall meta thing going on. We weren't that much, that fussed about that, to be honest, but. <clears throat> So we ended up playing three matches. So the first was Search and Destroy, uh, where basically you have to. There's five waves. You have five lives. Yep. I think that five five ship deaths because obviously players don't have health necessarily oh. in that game. It's all based on the ship itself. Um, yeah, so you, we can be blown up five times, and you have to survive five waves of enemies. And there's different sorts of waves. There's little attacky ones, or a big ship, or, or go off and find some sort of supply convoys for one wave, and so on. <clears throat> we did all right. I think we got about three waves in, and then we got blown up. But this was like our first game ever. That's not too bad. Yeah, and we also the ship it recommended was a bit different to what we were expecting. So we were trying to get the used to the. That's that's the thing with this game. You've got eight. I think you've got eight playable ships, so possibly some faction ships as well. I'm not sure, but. And each of those ships is laid out very differently with deck plans and with, with hard points, what guns can be fitted where, and the yeah. default guns are quite different as well. And so it takes you a good couple of matches to get the hang of a particular ship. We spent most of the evening playing on the Junker, which has one light forward-facing uh, and then two two lights on each side. And the lights on each side, one's an armour-piercing minigun, the other's a sort of mortar. And the idea is that you're supposed to use the armour-piercing stuff to knock off the hull knock off the armour, yeah. obviously, and then once the armour's broken, you can use the other one to, to do massive damage to the exposed well, Sounds logical. Yeah, it's a good one-two combo, but of course, remember, you've got, you've only got four of you on this ship, and one of one of you's driving, well, I was driving, no one else wanted to drive. We had a quick go in the practice mode, where it's just, just literally you and a ship hanging there in an empty map. Did you lose? <clears throat> <laughs> no, well, almost, no. <laughs> well, because you, as, as the captain, when you set up the practice mode, you get a bunch of extra F keys, and some of those spawn in ta- target dummies, okay. and there are three, yeah. sort, three sorts of ones just a balloon that hangs there. Yeah. The other one's a balloon that has motive power. It's got an engine, so it will. Did just... that kill you? <laughs> no, no. But it, it spent quite a lot of time hiding from us in sandstorms, which uh, <laughs> was a bit embarrassing. We couldn't find half of them. And then you can spawn one that's got guns, and that one nearly killed us. Also, you can, as captain, you can set fire to your own engines. You can, yeah. you can just you can just push a, push a button to to create a couple of fires on your ship, basically just so, so the engineers can okay. train in using content. Yeah, the engineers can train and use extinguishers and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's you that destroyed the ship. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, no, we do. I don't think we actually... Oh, did we blow up? I think we may have had an incident where the balloon got blown up and then I was bumping along the ground with the hull. And, and Yeah, I think I demonstrated to the team in a controlled fashion what happens if the balloon's dead um, and doesn't get repaired. Okay. Basically, you fall to the bottom of the map and then bump along the ground and your hull just takes a load of damage and then you blow up and die. And that was a very instructive demonstration yes. that I carefully planned and prepared. Yeah. You knew <clears> that was coming ahead of time. Yes, yes. Um, so, we, yeah, but then we had... So we did the search and destroy one. Then we ended up... 
up doing two uh, a, one defense one where you have this big sort of drilling platform thing that you have to guard and it has various fixed gun emplacements defending it as well and there's sort of three different spawn points the enemies are yeah. coming at you yeah. from and you have to basically get down the end of each of those lanes and blow up their drilling rig thing which will stop them coming down that lane and then get up to the next lane come back and do the next lane <clears throat> all the time you've got to keep an eye on the base behind yeah. you because if anything yeah. gets through it was quite quite hectic but at that point i was starting to get the hang of the helm again I, I i was piloting a lot back when we were doing the pvp stuff a couple of years ago and i got the hang of it then and was just about you know being able to fly the thing around competently and i think i'm starting to get that back again <clears throat> and also working with the gunners as well we were starting to i was starting to manage to keep uh, particular enemy targets in the right arc for the gunners to be able yeah. to do stuff yeah, about it that helps yeah yeah exactly so we had b uh Aikley, Dathmar, uh, multi and blacklight we were all sort of taking turns to to do the various jobs around the ship and we did two of those defence maps and we managed to hold out for the required time in both times. I mean there's more we could have done in terms of bonus objectives when you blow up the enemy drilling rigs a, a supply balloon pops up that you can grab and tow back to your base to do repairs with and there are supply convoy ships that appear that you can take out for bonus points. There's a lot of finesse and, and um experimentation around the basic form of the game as well which is good i see the i see it's lasting you know a good good long while on this actually and obviously room for more we had five it potentially we could have up to 16 you start you just pick you start to create maps where there are two of you and obviously it will yeah. scale according yeah. to two two boats with you know four on each up to four on each and we can you know we can we can start to uh finesse the, the gameplay and try some of the other modes and pick different enemies i mean the, the whole time we were fighting that evening because we picked one of the particular Battle war that battles on the big risk map thing. It was picking the end, the same enemy faction each time. So we were learning, you know, their ins and outs. They're, they they have this capital ship that comes for you towards the end of these defense maps, and it's got this massive gas mortar bomb thing. It sort of sucks in a load of air and then goes push and shoots this massive bolt out, which then explodes into this immense spherical green cloud. And I don't know what that was doing to us, but probably bad bad news. You should probably <clears> find <throat> that out. That sounds important. Yes, yeah, so I might do a bit of research. Yeah. So this yeah this that was the order of challenge. Did it make everyone? On below deck scream no well you've got no player damage there's no player hit points or player you know mortality or anything like that it's all the shit by guessing that green stuff wasn't doing any good to us probably corrosive or something yeah. some sort of acid cloud who knows but so the, yeah that particular faction is all about gas mortars and gas attacks uh, they're, they're, they're the big ecological faction so we'll try i've fought some pickup maps against a different uh, the anglian empire or something and they're basically they've got the lightning cannons and stuff massive tesla gun on the front of their battleships and stuff Quite hectic work. We didn't manage. To, I don't think we managed to kill any of the uh, the, the enemy capital ship that comes in at the end. So um, we need to work on that. We got quite close on the second match. Though. Yeah, but it was really good. Really, really enjoyed it. A good, good sense of camaraderie going on. Everyone was starting to get the hang of the roles they were doing. You know, learning where the things were <laughs> they needed to repair or learn how each weapon worked. And I think we were experimenting with some different sorts of guns on the slots as well. I could see that going forward on the Fridays uh, and being a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's what we're doing on the Fridays at the moment. I think Guild Wars 2, well, I don't know. I mean, by, by all means, obviously, you know, just because I'm not playing anymore doesn't mean anyone else has to stop. But um, If you are playing, just to be polite. <laughs> if you would, if you Please say. Me, you can now stop playing Guild Wars 2, yeah. I don't know. It seemed like we were running out of steam. There's more fractals to do, more dungeon stories to do. Perhaps we can come back and do those in the future. I don't imagine we'll never play it again. But we've been playing for quite a while, and it had started to get a bit samey, I yeah, think. We're yeah. starting to lose people. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, perhaps time to hang it up then, I think. But um, yeah, Guns of Icarus Alliance, I think that's going to be a, a thing. So that's good. So Saturday, Saturday we uh, we're still playing the division. I'm wondering about that. We get we, we've we've got to gear score two five six. Wow, so some of us have got some of these new exotic weapons that are dropped. out of three hundred. Two five six. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. They well, go, they, they, they go on, they've gone full on hexadecimal. Well, I, I approve. More things should be hexadecimally based. That means there's no more expansions, probably. Well, I don't know how they're going to add loads of power creep going forwards. Probably they'll just stick a load more levels. It, yeah, it's how about another ten levels. It, it after is all? a very specific number to add in. Yes, <laughs> which does suggest that maybe they they're using a, a char they, as a they, they have completely screwed up. <laughs> using the wrong data type. Yeah. Well, it could be worse. They could be using an int for levels, in which case we'd be grinding away to like two billion or something. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's we 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 settled into a Saturday routine of just jumping on and doing the dailies. So uh, it picks out so the, the the all the way through the big story of the the division is told through a series of static instance missions. Which you've probably saw a few of. Yeah. Um, and once you've done everything, it just picks three of those to be your daily missions. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, one of those you have to do in challenging mode, and two of them in hard mode. Hard mode is yeah, just hard mode. It's all right. You know, it's mostly the purple grade enemies come at you in hard mode, but in challenging, they're all the yellow grade ones. That's really the type of gameplay I despise. It's terrible. Well, there's one the Russian consulate we've done a couple of times. So it turned up twice in a row as challenging, and it's insane because at that point in the story, you're now you're not facing rioters with baseball caps and hoodies on. You know, you're facing private military contractors and the first wave of the division. You know, the whole <laughs> load of division agents they called on before they got to you, who all immediately were gone, went in and went rogue, and have basically turned evil. The whole idea of the division is a stupid idea. Because it's a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's give you a load of training, a load of guns, and if it all goes wrong, you can do what you like. Uh, we we hope you will work on yeah. the side of law and order good plan um yeah so so these these division agents are real they're nightmares because they've got all sorts of hacking skills basically all the cool toys you throw at them, yeah they yeah. they'd subvert so you'll throw a load of roller bombs they'll immediately turn red and come rolling back towards you you know or you'll throw a turret and then it just turns red and starts firing on you so so ha about half of your kit that powers fun. half of your kit powers you can't use because they'll just make things worse and of course at that level when you're talking challenging mode elite grade you know yellow yellow health bar monsters you know enemies <clears throat> they are the it's a ridiculous bullet sponge exercise yeah. apparently they toned that down yeah it was terrible to start with <laughs> <laughs> it's insane I literally right so I have my, my trusty M60 because I'm a huge gun nut now and I love my guns uh, my, my black market enhanced M60 E4 or something I've got all the cool toys on there you see I've got actually got a, a semi-automatic yeah, a, a semi-automatic sniper sort of scout rifle type of thing that was the exotic thing I dropped that's really good and powerful but you know that's it normally headshots people in two goes, but this thing's useless when you're facing all yeah. elite enemies. So I have to just pull out the, the, the you know, the, the sort of thing you find mounted on a rail on top of a jeep. Yeah. Designed for... Other side of the Huey as well. Yeah, yeah. Hanging off the side of a helicopter. Vietnam, I mean, that'd be wrong. The sort of thing that usually you're using to take down enemy jeeps and tanks. I have to unload about 100, 100 shots of that into the head of these private military contractors before they'll fall over. It's insane. These are not human beings. I've sort of invented this little private backstory law to explain it all. It's the it's, it's, it's basically a superhero game. Yeah, these are all supervillains, and this 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 dollar flu is actually a kind of alien alien nanotech that's turned them all into superhumans. Because that's the only logical explanation. I can if you weren't it. trying to shoehorn a Tom Clancy uh, license over it, that would be the way to go. Yeah, it, it absolutely plays like some kind. These are like super soldier, instant self healing nano aliens. Obviously, because because anything else, they, these are not human beings. I've, I've I've watched occasional episode of MythBusters where they shoot things, shoot pigs, or shoot you know shoot pig carcasses or ballistic gel or whatever. And, 
these are not human beings in any sense of the word. I don't know what their heads are made of. You know, I mean, it's, it's by the end of it. It's not just clever head, you know, clever helmets or, or good body armor or anything. These people, you know, some of the some of these enemy division agents are just wearing, you know, hoodie hoods, yeah. <laughs> Kevlar hoodies, Kevlar. Hoodies. Even the Kevlar doesn't work just, like that. I actually shoot them in the skin sometimes, and it, you know, you can unload a hundred shots from a, from a light machine gun. I don't know what caliber, but you know, it's just insane. And so I find myself sort of giggling to myself. Of, partly out of hysteria rather than enjoyment <laughs> it's it's utterly insane on some of the top end missioning there and this russian consulate maps quite close quarters so they're on you they, and there's a particular sort of enemy type the rushers um the ones with lightning bolts each each enemy group has a variant of it the one like with the cleaners they come at you with fire axes basically yeah. melee ones that come yeah. running in uh and they've either every got, game has them yeah they've either got baseball bats and axes or they're using shotguns either way and they will just because you can't take them down quickly as they advance normally you prioritize them you take them out with you with a couple of good headshots and that's how you deal with them but their mechanic is utterly distorted out of any kind of balance by the fact that they've got a million hit points and, and total damage yeah attached. okay examine one of the games I'm playing at the moment, which is Borderlands 2, yeah. which has the psychos, which yes. is this yeah. enemy. It's exactly it. And are designed is... to, they're okay as long as you shoot them. Yeah, well, they're designed to make you prioritise targets. They're also designed to stop you camping in the same yeah. cover because they'll come running in. Or, or people throwing grenades does that as well. And, and they, they, they're, they're so overapplied, but they're so distorted by the, the sort of scaling for challenging mode gear score 256 or whatever that they will comfortably walk up to you while you're unloading everything you've got at them and then just come and sort of shotgun you. In the yeah. face, and of course their damage and everything scaled up as well. So one or two hits and you're gone. It's pretty, pretty complicated, pretty, pretty harrowing, I'd say. I yeah, mean, yeah. we do it because the game tells us to, because challenging, you know, because daily, daily or whatever. But I, I prefer the hard stuff to the challenging stuff because the hard stuff is actually a bit easier you know when they're all coming at you and they've all got purple grade you know the sort of i don't know what they're called veterans versus elites i think veterans are the purple ones and elites are the yellow ones whatever that that notch for one down is actually quite manageable they all seem you know you have to work hard to to to, to do it to get it done but it's you know we can chat and enjoy ourselves it's yeah. that social yes. game yeah. isn't it we get to and, and usually we'll do the challenging one last so we're all you know quite chilled out and relaxed and you know nattering about you know pastimes and hobbies and stuff not really paying attention and that's not what you need to be doing. You've got to be absolutely on your game. You've got to be focusing on the game to the exclusion of all else. And that's really not what we're looking for. No, no. So yeah. That's why I stopped playing, really. Well, yeah, I don't know. Did you get your gear score 256? No, then? no, it wasn't even that oh, high right. when I was playing. Okay. No, I, I got to a point where it was just shooting people, thinking, uh, yeah, and stopped. So that's what we're doing on a sat Saturdays. Anyway, I mean, they, a couple of them have got the DLC, but I'm just not sure I'm that enthusiastic enough to drop another 40 quid. There's just two different DLCs, and they're about 20 quid each or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. But Maybe there's been a sale. Well, one of, them's, one of them's a whole load of Dark Zone stuff, I think, which I'm, we did a bit of Dark Zone, and it was a success because we saw no other players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not really PvP people in, at heart, so I don't know how much mileage I'd get out of the... Uh, the expansion stuff. I've never Maybe even just, considered buying it. No, perhaps perhaps we're running out of time in there as well. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm enjoying the basics of it all so far, but I don't know if it's something we're going to be playing in months and months of time. So who knows? But yeah. So uh, and then Sunday, uh, here I am. Hello, it's Sunday. Yeah. Here so, you are. Yeah. And we go to the pub and we 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 bitch about the world. But, um, yeah. Yeah. You drive past the pub earlier. Yes. Yeah. Look quite busy. It's very busy. Yes. It's warm and sunny. It's so a riverside pub. Yeah. So yeah. But um, 
yeah so that's that's about pretty much my week and that's that's what we're up to at the moment um so yeah pretty much a lot of, a lot of the same but uh, guns of vigorous alliance the yeah, big new yeah. thing so that should be interesting i think i think that's got mileage i look forward to getting a couple of boats on, on, on the go there perhaps to see if we can try some coordinated pincer movements with you know gondolas and things no all right whatever no you can't why don't you talk for a bit then i'm going to talk a bit about horizon zero dawn which yeah. i've played more of okay now this was an incredibly well-reviewed game uh and is incredibly good looking and i think those two things are connected mm. uh, people are superficial yeah or mm. reviewers maybe it's it's a game which the more i play it the less interested i am in it um yeah. if you remember it's the one with the robot dinosaurs and the ubisoft open world and the wandering around it sounds fascinating oh it is it sounds and like an interesting stuff, premise there's a brilliant mechanic in it where you find a vantage point yeah so you climb up somewhere, you get to an area, the, you know there's a vantage point in the area, you climb to somewhere and look out. Yeah. What do you think it does? Did I reveal a load of map and activities? No, it shows you a picture overlaid over the world of the world as it was. Okay. And I love that. That does sound interesting. Yeah, yeah it gives you a, a sort of a sense of backstory, a sense of what's going on. And give a bit of exposition. history about stuff. Yeah, and I love the world. And I really like the story which, of how everything fell. And I really want to find that out. It's just, in the meantime, it's making me fight stupid robot dinosaurs, or more importantly, lots and lots of stupid humans who I don't like. Do you not actually like the moment-to-moment fighting, then? Is the combat not that great? It can be. Uh, when you're fighting the robots, and you're fighting... Uh, ones where who you know how to defeat and you're doing it really well you take him down it's really fun mm. when you're fighting a mob of them that you just wandered past on the road and they try and take you down or oh. you're trying to clear out a camp full of people then no it's not as fun it's sort of they're over applying the, well, the obstacles yes yeah. <laughs> the yeah, no, they really the past. Like, you can spend a lot of time walking around them you're trying to get that to just, somewhere else but that just makes the else. open worldness really annoying mm. and yeah and whenever you're fighting people it's just really really tedious fighting people so the yard trash and the stuff that's filling up the landscape between a and b is just too too yeah. too too intensive it, and too distracting when you want to take down a big dinosaur that's yeah. brilliant because you know the, the, they have different weaknesses and the different tactics that work against them Mm. and get it wrong a couple of times you're dead and uh so i'm thinking of um the older scrolls games and they, they have a real sort of up and down you know they hit and miss with this aspect of their worlds quite <laughs> yeah. often some a lot I mean, of oblivion was a bit of a nightmare partly because everything scaled with you so well no everything scaled with any of your skills so if you skilled <laughs> up a non-combat skill too far <laughs> i'm 100 percent lock picking oh my god what's that <laughs> yeah yeah but um, mm, Skyrim wasn't so bad. Oh, of course, the dragon attacks got irritating. Yeah, the dragon attacks were just annoying. Mm. But it's that kind of thing. You're, you're, you'd prefer the, the just the yard trash to be well, a bit less in your face, a bit less yeah, numerous. If you're going to have an open world game where you have to travel large distances to unlock new areas before you can quick travel, yeah. I'd like it that I didn't have to be sneaking around herds of... Uh, dinosaurs uh, in okay. the meantime is it a skill it? system can you get better at not being seen yeah you can sort of thing? Hmm. yeah you can have you got the wrong build everything. i haven't got far enough in to have everything unlocked yet the moment i got everything unlocked it'll be fine maybe yeah, maybe there's a maybe it won't. thing then. yeah it's just annoying because the rest of it i really like hmm. okay the combat is shoddy yeah and uh for for a game which um stuff will uh, scoot around the back of you and outflank you. Yeah. Uh, you really need a proper uh, field of view, please, game. So I'm not just looking out <laughs> at a tiny, tiny window in front of me. Oh, right. 
So yeah, you've got a monster coming up from behind you, and so you get an icon come up, and that's it. Oh right, not enough peripheral vision, or the camera needs to be further yeah. back, or something. Yeah, yeah, that's really annoying, and mm. uh, nothing you can do because it's on a console. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then then you've got the bits where you'll find bits of the old city, uh, old cities underground, the old bunkers. Yeah. And um, then you start finding stuff out, or you'll find a, a data recorder just lying around with a bit of exposition on. The, or is it a well-told story? Is it interesting enough to want to keep looking for the more story breadcrumbs in these things to deliver? Not so far. Okay. <laughs> right. Generic no. apocalypse. Oh, we meddled with something we probably well, shouldn't have no, understood. Story-wise, the story is. Is it man's greed? But I don't know yet. I don't know what caused it. But <laughs> the, the, you're just getting chunks of it, and it, they're not really tied together well enough to make... Your your mission isn't to uncover, at least as far as I've got, oh, it's not being isn't told. to uncover. It, you're getting all this from the backstory stuff, the uh, finding the... And those are, those are scattered largely randomly in an order... You're picking them up. Ubisoft. Yeah, so so it's not actually telling a linear story as no. such. You're, you're getting all the fragments. Yeah. yeah I, so there's a military academy you come across, and I found the... Um, well, so I didn't know... 27 of no. what's going yeah, so on. Yeah, so I found the vantage point that told me, this is a military academy. Oh, this is a really nice building. I really yeah. like that. Look at the architecture now compared to the ruined architecture. Look what it used to look like back then. Yeah. And it gave me a bit of a story about what happened there one time. Yeah, gave you chapter 13 of a story you haven't read any of the rest of. Well, it's not even it? connected, I don't oh, okay. think. It's just random <laughs> chunks of story. And oh, so it's not... Oh, okay. It, it, it's... Perhaps you have to piece it together yourself. Yeah. It, it, it feels really like a game which was put together because they had a large world they wanted to describe mm. and the actual game itself isn't as good as people seem to think it is so i don't know if that's me or not or just my uh, well, inability at the moment to put up with too much rubbish in games i think i think we've remarked before that ubisoft probably have the create open world game sandbox yeah. down as a sort of you know, very routine process now it's just change the art change the story and off you go yeah it, it's weird it's really and i don't get well, I sort of get why it was so highly rated. There's two things. Mm. One, it looks really good. Okay, well, that's, that's not to be dismissed. Two, it's a console exclusive. Yeah. That always helps people get a higher score, I feel. A good-looking console exclusive will always score well. Fans of the console rally round, that sort of thing. Well, even the reviewers. Mm. Um, I, I think oh, yeah, if you're writing for PlayStation 4 well, magazine. No, even in the general ones, I think that, uh, that there is a feeling of, look at this, this is special, this is new, this is interesting, this must be good. I don't and not everything always is as good as people think. I don't it? necessarily... It doesn't necessarily follow that a console exclusive is necessarily optimised for that console. It could just be a, a marketing yeah. or money thing. You know? Well, this one still really, really makes my PS4 mm. make a sound like a jet plane. Okay. Uh, I'd like but to think it does it, run quite well. I'd like to think if it was a console exclusive, they'd go that extra mile yeah. optimising it for that it, console. It runs fine. It's optimised enough for the console. It does annoying things, like it uses a stupid uh, speaker in the controller, which I despise. <laughs> things like that, and... Uh, doesn't overuse that touchscreen, which will be lost from certain revisions of that controller, I'm sure. Because oh, right. mm. there's a weird touchscreen on the PS4 controller that no one ever uses anymore. Mm. Unless somebody says, quick, use it. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just weirdly... It's not as good as everyone thinks, because it's still a rather shoddy open-world game. Oh, OK, there's better <clears> out there. Well, no, this isn't better. There's exactly the same out there. <laughs> when you take off the veneer, it is still an Ubisoft open-world game. Mm. And if you remember back in the day uh, with, say, Assassin's Creed, mm. which was a very good-looking Ubisoft open-world game, yes, 
and look how all that went. So uh, yeah, yeah. I have no confidence that it's going to go anywhere good. Are we seeing uh, uh, fatigue with that form, that format? Is, it, is this specifically an Ubisoft problem, do you think? Do I, no, I, st- I, st- I still really love open world games. Hmm. It's just there's definitely the Ubisoft one, which is this is that design yeah. and you will... There's too much on the maps. There's mm. too many things to collect, too many places to go. So it loses narrative And it's sort of, you, you know, sort of uniformly put over the map. So mm. you know that if you broke it up into grids, there'll be one thing per grid. Are you looking for more of a narrative cinematic story type experience then? Is, is, is the open world too open world and it becomes too diffuse? Uh, and no, I think I've just played too many other... That's <laughs> just I've, a fatigue yeah, thing for no, you. I've played all the Assassin's Creed's. I've played all the Far Cry's. Yeah. Um, gets a bit bite we get it gets yeah. a bit rote doesn't it yeah it, okay it's off we nothing go. new here's my tutorial powers right now off we it go feels, let's, let's it start feels, working sectors yeah. yeah it feels by the numbers but with a huge production budget mm, mm. also ever since the mass effects these animation facial animations don't look that great <laughs> do they look at how horizon zero dawn did them i've been looking at the horizon zero dawn ones and thinking actually they're a bit crap too mm. yeah which is why you should never ever really pay attention to problem, online yeah. um mm. stuff yeah yeah, no, no, no. I want to finish it. I want to know what made the world in this position. I want to know how the world got there. Mm. But I know I'm going to have to get. I'm going to have to shoot oh, bandit camps or, or whatever. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Yeah, you using a terrible. Mm. You, you, if you <laughs> quite early on, there's um, you have to attack three. Uh, camps mm-hmm. and um, the, the people going will say yeah we, we will bank you up um, if you get detected right and so you go in you're trying to sneak your way through and very quickly you realise you don't have any of the tools needed for a sneak em up mm. you look at say any of the tools yet or just the game just not support uh, sneaking no it doesn't support it properly uh, you look at something like Metal Gear Solid um, Phantom Pain still not paid that which did all of that brilliantly mm. if I was playing that I'd be in and out I'd probably start killing them on the way out because I can't be bothered to sneak out <laughs> or again or Dishonored as well yeah that does sneaking well but this doesn't do it anywhere near as good uh, comparing it to you know Phantom Pain is probably the best of those games at the moment for the whole sneaking mm. but comparing it to the average stuff as well it's just no it's nowhere it's just not very good at all when it comes to that stall thing. Well, I suppose you, you, there's long grass you can kneel in. Yeah, I mean theoretically, any 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 first person or third person action game is a sneak 'em up. You know, you just have to not be spotted by the by the enemies. Yeah, but you, but, need, you, you know, need it's a, having the tools. You and need the a mechanism for taking people out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a way that their bodies aren't immediately discovered, right. and um, so that you're not waiting for twenty minutes for them to walk in front there's of more, you. There's more to it than just not being spotted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, it's making me increasingly grumpy. Yeah. I should stop playing it then, if I were you. Yeah, I probably should, actually. If you're making you grumpy. I should go back to playing Thimbleweed Park, which only makes me slightly grumpy in a, uh, <laughs> oh, I, I'm not clever enough Find to solve this. a game that doesn't make you grumpy. That's, there's a challenge. How is the witness going? That was making me grumpy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I'll talk more about that yeah. on another show, but uh, no. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm going to talk about, right, I just have to get my... my uh, I should have made some notes. So it's, it's Hugo time. It is Hugo It is. Time. I think uh, a couple of days ago, the nomination ballots closed for the Hugo Awards, the science fiction awards that uh, regular 
viewers and listeners may have heard me banging on about in previous shows and also generally, we do, we do a book thing it, yeah. yeah and last year i i decided it was one of my bucket list items is to to get involved to sign up for a supporting membership of worldcon which gives me gives me the ability to then register votes towards the hugo categories so i was part of the process last time and i thought i'll go do it again this time because it was good i mean i totally misjudged the popular mood with the the voting last time and i picked the least You're popular one as my mean, best j- thing no well i just went with what i felt i mean, liked out of the books and and that's that's and good turned out you're a puppy turned out i'm some sort of puppy so there you go that's good to know you yeah. know things you learn about yourself but anyway what i really liked about it was being pointed at five very good science fiction novels i'd not read before from from authors i hadn't read well, before. four and a half four and a half <laughs> perhaps but um the first half of that book was good <laughs> Anyway, did, did you not get? Oh yes, you're still you're still mad about seven eves, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Anyway, so it's that time of year again. So uh, and the nominations are all closed, and I, I I followed with great interest, and I'm going to do it again. So here's so I've got six. Six this time. The six. <laughs> there was only five last we time. We petitioned. Them. Well, the last time during the any other business of the big meeting, the big Worldcon, they changed how the voting worked because of slates and because of puppies and all this nonsense. So what it does now is it's a kind of proportional carried vote thing. So you vote for you vote for your five favourites and you can only vote for five uh, and you can only make I think you can only make five nominations no in the voting you'll only be able to pick five but they actually made six nominations so that okay. means if you even if you've gone to a website and been told what five you are supposed to vote for and you dutifully fill in your form, there's still going to be a bit of a wildcard element to it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So then you've got the the idea that when your when your vote is finished, if if you voted for one that didn't win, your vote your vote is then carried forward and your second choice is put towards the rest of it. It's some kind of I can't remember what the phrase that some Latin phrase I've completely forgotten. But it's a kind of proportional representation type voting thing, uh, which should make for an interesting uh, set of results. Anyway, that's all by the by. Um, they've got the list. So here's the list for the best novel nominations for 2017. Uh, all the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. No, no, no idea. No. Uh, a Close and Common Orbit by Becky Chambers. Not read it. No idea. No. That's, a, that's number two in a series. Oh, that's that could good. Be, that could be a problem. Yeah. Uh, Death's End by Shisin Liu. Liu? Ugh, I'm terrible with pronunciation. Terrible I am very bad at pronunciation. That's the third in the Three Body Problem series. Yeah. Three Body Problem 1 in 2014 or 13. And you read like that one. And I have read that one. I've not read number two. This is number three. So that's going to be confusing. Well, I, I may allow myself to go and read the Wikipedia plot summary of number two, just so that i got some hands on what's going on. number two is not as good as one of well, uh, possibly I d- three. I don't know. I didn't see it come up for a nomination. No, but then number two would have come in right in the middle of all the puppy nonsense. Yeah. And oh, this yeah. is a Chinese author, so, you know. No um, Female Chinese author, that. Is it? I don't I know. Think she's <laughs> no idea. I should really do some research. Yeah. Um... So then we've got Nine Fox Gambit by Yoon Ha Lee. Uh, from the sound of that, that's probably another foreign author as well. Nice to see non-Americans, uh, possibly American. I don't know what oh, I'm saying. I'm astounded by your, uh, your research. I'm really ignorant. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Obelisk Gate by N.K. Jemisin. Now, N.K. Jemisin won last year's Hugo with, uh, I forgot what it's called now, The Fifth Season, yeah. um, which was book one, and this is book two in the same series. So that'd be interesting. I don't know if, if one and two in a series of one back-to-back Hugos before or not, but we'll see see yeah. but anyway i have read the first one of those because it was the previous hugo so i've got some idea of what the hell's going to be going on in that one uh to like the lightning by ada palmer 
don't know. No idea. That's the beauty of it. I have no idea who most of these people are. And how many pages? Now I'm going to find out. I did. I went and counted them all because I've got immediately rushed to Amazon and started yeah. ordering. Um, three of them are available immediately. Two of them, uh, three of them are not available yet in paperback, and one of them was not available at all yet. So I don't know how they managed. I think they're all in hardbacks. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to get paperbacks this time because I've only got so much bookcasing. Have you considered buying a Kindle? I should probably get with the the Kindle generation, but I like books. I like the riffle. Yeah. I like the smell. Um, yes, two thousand five hundred pages in total, which is about the same That's as last time. Bad, yeah, some of them. Are, yeah, well, because Seven Eves was twice the length of everything else yeah, last that was time. A long book. <laughs> but there's an extra book this time. It was so. also twice. Seven Eves was twice <laughs> as long as the Good Plot as well. <laughs> um, yes, I'm not letting that go. No, so I've got I've I, I sat down and worked it all out, and I think I've got to do twenty six point seven pages a day up until the fifteenth of July. Fifteenth of July How is when the I, I haven't done any today, so I'm already behind. Have um, you finished the graveyard book yet? Yes, yes, Good. I've done that. Yes. So bear in mind, as well as doing two thousand five hundred pages before the fifteenth of July, I've also yeah. got uh, three book club nominations to go for and i'm really hoping that my my co-hosts are, well, are kind and don't see, troll what me what you've got to remember is that everyone on the show gets to make a choice yes. on a book so so one of those choices will be mine and i hope i'm, go, I'm yeah. definitely going to pick something and Torag's not going to do anything to uh, offend you <laughs> whereas you on the other hand is my next choice is it june are, we, are, we go, are you going there no, no, are you going to do that to us i looked at the length of june it's a period it victory be, if you do you're gonna have be, to read it it might not be long enough <laughs> <laughs> so anyway yes so effectively let me I, know if i need to break out so starship troopers i've potentially got to read nine 400 page hugo books before mid-july and i i think it's going to unravel me a bit again, again i got yeah. quite frazzled last time but i I've really you consider actually it. reading other books during the year just in case they become Hugo's. I do, yes. I've, I've read quite a few Hugo's that weren't on the list or for the book club or anything. And none of them got on. Oh, not, no, no. I've run previous. I've, oh. I've read previous winners. That might help me with the show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's not going to help me with the nomination. But anyway, so sometime just before the 15th of July, I shall go onto the online website thing, put in my choices, and we'll see what comes back with the winner. We'll talk more about on the, sh on the show about uh, the actual winners when they come and when they happen. Yeah. I might do a bit of a little mini-review thing here okay, as well. that'd be good. But, yeah, do you want to know about the long-form dramatic presentation? Because I know you you like the films yeah okay i like films to the end films film, well, films, films rarely take longer than two hours oh no you say that like, <laughs> two of them are pushing three hours now which is too long for a film mm -hmm. okay so the nominations for best dramatic presentation long form for 2017 arrival seen that quite good yes yeah i'm gonna talk about that another time so it's deadpool yeah Really? Have you seen it? No. You should watch Deadpool. It's apparently quite puerile. I'm not sure if it's. I'm not sure. It might be a bit beneath me. I don't know. No, no. You should really watch yeah? Deadpool. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, not Is it a science fiction film? <laughs> What's it doing here? It's in the a, Hugos? No. Well, it, there's a big argument whether or not superhero films should be science fiction. Well, films. yeah. Okay. Ghostbusters. That's the uh, the, the that's recent. Not winning. The recent. Yeah. It's probably. It's probably. It's probably not on any slates. Um, I have seen that. I thought it was okay. It's okay. It's not great. Though. It's not great. No, no it's, it's I mean, okay. I, I I don't have a problem with it being an all female remake. I just have a problem with then needing to be another Ghostbusters film at all. To be honest. Well, no, it, I would be fine with Ghostbusters if it had just been a sequel set so many years on, and that would have been fine. Oh, actually, literally Ghostbusters three. Yeah, mm, they that, that would have worked. Yeah, yeah, everyone could have forgotten about the Ghostbusters. Yeah, but between one and two, it was all right. Anyway, it was all right. Uh, Hidden Figures, no idea. Yeah, don't know what that is. Uh, Rogue One, 
Yeah. Which is out on DVD soon, I shall be getting that shortly, I imagine. Because I'm trying to keep up to date with popular culture, because it's a real weakness <laughs> I, I've noticed in myself. Sorry, I'm just uh, Stranger Things Season 1, that could be a problem, because that's essentially a whole TV you series. You really should watch that. I, I, you will ev- love that. Everyone I've talked to says it's brilliant. So That I'm, will win, guaranteed. That's gonna you reckon? You reckon that's the best yeah. in there? I, I mean, of what I've seen so far. I'd say Arrival, but that's better than obviously Arrival. I've not seen everything. So I'd probably need to track down Stranger. Yeah. Is that out? Is that available? Uh, DVD probably. box sets or something? I'll, I'll I might it. have a go at because I only have, I only voted for the novel because that was all I'd ever read. Because yeah. reading the novel category takes the entire time between nominations and, and voting. But I reckon I could probably fit in like three films at yeah, some okay. point in the yeah. next two and a half months. Was well, that so. uh, Well, that's the short form. Do you want the short form oh, as well? Should we do that? Well. Theoretic presentation short form. Black Mirror, the episode San Junipero. That is brilliant. Uh, music by Clint Mansell. Written by Charlie Brooker. Uh, Doctor Who, The Return of Doctor Mysterio. That was the Christmas thing. Yeah. I didn't see it. Chris, no, Christmas Doctor Who should never win anything. Christmas Doctor Who's always a bit wacky. Uh, Not bit, as bad but, as normal <laughs> Doctor Who nowadays. Uh, really. The Expanse, the episode Leviathan Wakes. Uh, I've yes. Not, I've not done the Expanse. I need to any. go back and finish watching The Expanse. Everyone says The Expanse is great, and I need to catch up on yeah. it. Uh, Game of Thrones, Battle of the Bastards episode. Game of Thrones can go do a Game of Thronesy kind of thing to itself. Uh, Game of Thrones, The Door. I didn't think the same series. I don't spoil it for that one. All right. I, I've read. I would. I would say because I've read all the Game of Thrones books, I'd have thought I'd been somewhat ahead. But they he ditched the books a yeah. while ago, and it's the series is the canon now. So, uh, Splendor and Mystery album. Don't know. Don't know. Short form is an album? I've got no idea. No idea. I don't know what it is. No, there's, so there's lots there to catch up on. You should on, probably certainly. watch the short forms as well. I could probably find time for yeah. that, yeah. Dig out the relevant episodes or whatever. You should definitely watch the Charlie Brookers. I really need to catch up on Black Mirror. I was really into Black Mirror for the first two series. Yeah, then season three went. It went all a bit Netflix or something, and then I just couldn't. Channel four went and said, "Right, you have to get outside funding to do this because we're not going to fund you ourselves for everything anymore." So you went right. Netflix have said yes, and then (laughs) Channel four said, "Yeah, we're not funding you either." Mm. So yeah, um, so now it's purely Netflix. So yeah, so is Deadpool the Marvel superhero offering there? Then is it? Uh, Yeah, it's. Hmm, it's okay. the Marvel superhero Deadpool, yeah. but technically he's more of an X Man y type of uh, superhero. Okay, and there nice. are X Men characters in it, but not the actual ones, and there may be jokes about that. Right. I'll have to try and catch up on that. I watched Doctor Strange. Not nominated. No, not nominated. <laughs> not very good. It's, it's the biggest load of meh that I've, I've seen in quite a long time, to be honest. So, I, I wouldn't want to say this, but I'm increasingly becoming uh, convinced that most of the Marvel films are. Well, I'm looking forward to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, there's a trail for the second one of those on there. That looked yeah. quite fun, but yeah. But you know, thinking back over the Avengers films, mm. I, I don't much I care anymore. Well, it was just a lot of whatever, a lot of not much going on. I mean, there was some magic and things. I thought I was expecting a lot more cool spells than just doing that and going to places. And the mirror dimension thing, what was that all about? They could only be awesome in the mirror dimension, so let's just not go to the mirror dimension. That's fine. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, don't know. And, and Sherlock seemed to be having some kind of new age panic attack most of it. So Sherlock that, was that trying to be house. That was weird. <laughs> the accent was, was interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton was all right. Yeah. She, she sort of, you know, made, made a good go of the little she was all, all of the support characters. There are three main support Mads characters. Mads Michelson was just phoning it in, but then I don't yeah. think he was been given a lot to work with. He no. really was just generic, stalky, threatening henchman yeah. most of the way through it. You know, yeah. all, all three of the main supporting characters were brilliant. Mm. Um, yeah, and um, but it was just Cumberbatch a bit. A, was Cumberbatch, but the story was just a bit of a mishmash, generic origin story. Oh, a bad thing has happened. Oh, I've got some powers. Oh, big responsibility. Hey, I, I saved everything. You the know. thing I appreciated was, unlike all the other films, where they destroy a city in the final battle, yeah. he repaired it. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Lots of. I mean, that. that yeah, there was a lot of spectacle. I mean, you know, the, the old whole frozen and backwards time fight at the end was quite cool. But uh, and the sort of fault unfolding Tesseract City I like, thing. I like the way he won. Yeah, yeah. The big timey wimey thing. Yeah, it was quite good. But but yeah, it just felt a bit generic. I just came away from it not really knowing much about Doctor Strange and not particularly caring about the character. Do you aware of his work from I'm, previous? I'm, yes, I'm, a, I'm aware. Was that a good representation, adaptation, whatever? Well. If you were, more to that character if than... you were basically trying to find an actor to replace Robert Downey Jr. who didn't cost as much money, uh, uh, and will do that role in the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm. then you would bring Doctor Strange in. Oh, I see. And I, that is the motivation <laughs> for the film. I feel. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So there you go. Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit talked out. So. Yeah, I am too. Okay. Do you'll do the spiel. I was going to talk about playing 40k again, but no, I'll do that next time. Okay. Uh, you can go onto YouTube and like and subscribe this, but don't hit that bell. Whatever you do, do not hit the bell because everyone asks you to hit the bell and it just annoys you by putting notifications. Because then he has to personally email each one yeah. of you. It's just, just hassle. Do you want to moan about Twitter's auto tweeting feature? Auto tweeting. No, uh, sorry, YouTube's auto tweeting feature, which only ever works about one out. <laughs> Uh, you can also go on to HannahMotorTime.com. You can see all our previous episodes and the old podcast and this podcast. And if you hang around there long enough, you'll find all our future podcasts. Deep. Deep. So join us next week when it's the book podcast, where we're covering yes. um, the oh. Graveyard Book. There it is. Which even... no, there's Doctor Strange as well. Doctor yeah. Strange is on a lower shelf than the Graveyard Book for a reason. Not as low as DS9, though. You can't even, that's not even in shot. No. Yeah. So see you next week. Bye.